The following podcast is a Dear Media production. I cannot stop drinking Peaks ginger tea. I am so obsessed with this tea. Okay, so my godmom came over to our house. She was sleeping over. And the second I woke up, I made her this tea. I made it in my teapot. I gave us both some of this tea and she could not believe how good it was. She was raving about it and she's a huge tea fan. What I like about this tea is that normally you put a tea bag in your tea and the tea bag sits in there and there's all these chemicals from the tea bag that go into your water. But with peak tea, they have these tea crystals. It's like a little packet and you just open the packet and then you put the hot water on top. So you're not getting all those chemicals in it. And the reason I like the ginger digestion elixir is because it supports gut health, but I feel like it really helps my body digest. It's There's no added anything in this tea, okay? It's free of preservatives, sugar, and artificial sweeteners. It just tastes like real ginger. And I'm really about that. It's caffeine-free. So I have this tea in the morning when I wake up. I'll do like a lemon water with chlorophyll. And then probably like 20 minutes later, I'll do this tea and then I wind down with this all the time. Michael's addicted to it. Even the baby like steals it from me when I'm drinking it. All of Peak's tea is triple toxins, green for pesticides, heavy metals, and toxic molds. So as you can see, like it's really important to know if you're drinking tea, what's in it because there's all kinds of things that can be added. Another thing that they have that I really like that you guys should check out is Peak's Daily Immune Vitamin C. And this is these little packets of vitamin C. You can carry it with your tea in your purse. A lot of these packets of vitamin C that you're seeing on the market don't have the maximum absorption, but this one does. It's so good. It benefits and supports healthy skin from the inside out. How I like to take it is I just squeeze the packet in my mouth. You could also have it in water. Do you? Michael likes to squeeze it in his mouth too. You're going to go to peaktea.com slash skinny and use code skinny at checkout. That's P-I-Q-U-E-T-E-A.com slash skinny and use code skinny at checkout to get 5% off plus free shipping on your first order. You are going to be obsessed with the ginger tea. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostic are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential. Him and her. Aha. The reason why Beauty Blender is so popular and why it resonates so broadly with so many people is there's not, it's very simple. There's not a lot of secrets. It is a sponge made out of this very special material that you use damp and as long as you can bounce it on your face, you will get a flawless makeup application as if you were a professional. You guys, welcome back to the Skinny Confidential Him and Her podcast. It's me, Lauren. And today... We have a very exciting guest. This is something that I feel like everyone who's listening has. And that is an egg-shaped pink sponge, aka the Beauty Blender. Okay, so the Beauty Blender founder and CEO, Rianne Silva, is on the podcast. And she is going to give you the juice on how she launched this insane brand that everyone knows and everyone uses. Her company is projected to do 215 million in retail sales this year alone. She's all over the place. Her tool is everywhere. And just to give you a little background on her, she was a celebrity makeup artist. She did everyone's makeup. Everyone was obsessed with her. She was like the it makeup artist. And while she was doing makeup, she realized with high res, you could see makeup. So she wanted to create a tool that gave you a look of skin. Okay. She couldn't rely on airbrushing. That wasn't working. So out of necessity, she created her own egg-shaped sponge. 
And she started to notice that the actors and actresses were stealing her sponges. And she had this aha moment where she realized, holy shit, I'm onto something. And that is how the original Beauty Blender came to be. It has won like 10 Allure Best of Beauty Awards. Everyone talks about it. Every influencer has it. Kim Kardashian's obsessed. Meghan Markle. I'm obsessed. It is honestly a tool that I cannot live without. I remember once I traveled without mine and my makeup just did not look the same. And before we get into this episode, I want to give you a hot tip about how I use my beauty blender. So I use it two ways. The first way is you got to get it damp. Okay. That's the trick. It's going to make it bouncy and look like skin. So I get mine damp. I squeeze it out and then I apply a little bit of moisturizer or oil with my foundation. I'm obsessed with this colostrum moisturizer right now. It's by Epicurean. I'll put a little squirt of that on and then I'll do my Skinny Confidential Ice Queen Oil on the Beauty Blender and mix it with my foundation all on the Beauty Blender and it just gives you this beautiful glowy skin. So that's my tip with makeup. And then another thing that I don't want anyone to sleep on is using a Beauty Blender to apply your skincare. So pretend you don't have makeup. So you're going to have one for your makeup and one for your skincare. You can use a Beauty Blender to apply sunscreen, oil, moisturizer without makeup. It works so well. And again, you're going to get it damp first. Those two tips are life-changing when it comes to making you look hydrated, plump, and supple. With that, let's welcome Ariana Silva, the founder and CEO of Beauty Blender to the Skinny Confidential Him and Her podcast. And you should know there's a giveaway at the end of this, so stay tuned. This is the Skinny Confidential Him and Her. I was trying to give context to the guys, our producer and Michael in studio about a beauty blender. And I said, every single girl in the world has a beauty blender. That's probably dirty in their makeup Cornered bag. the market. Yeah. Oh my God, from your lips to God's ears. It's true. And also this, the cool thing about your product, which I'd love to get into, is that you can't go buy a cheaper less expensive version and have it be the same. There's a bounce to the beauty blender that's like a, I don't know if the word's buoyancy, like a... It's There's like a, a bounce. It's There's like a, a bounce. That's why we named our color products bounce. It makes sense. It makes sense. It's a total... It feels different. And I was just telling you how I even use it to apply sunscreen and makeup. It's multi-use. Huge fan. So Thank you. <laughs> to give context to our audience... Well, we, your skin looks absolutely gorgeous for everybody that can't see her right now. You look... Lawless. I am so hungover. I had 45 tequila shots last night oh, with so my jealous. friends. So I'm. thank you. That I, means a lot. You had that many? Because Lauren comes home and tries when she, like, she, <laughs> she comes home and she's like, act, tries to give like a presentation like she's normal. Like, let's, let's just table this for well, tomorrow. Last night I went out with my friends. It was mom's night out. Like, you know, we yeah, had some fun. I get it. Listen, I get it. I'm hungover. But thanks to the beauty blender, which I used this morning, I'm feeling fresh-ish. Can you give context to our audience? And go way, way back before you even started Beauty Blender of what you were doing. I know you were a makeup artist. I would love to hear about the journey before Beauty Blender even existed. Like you want me to like start like from the egg, like when I was start, born. I like, mean, we've <laughs> never had anyone start when they were like a sperm, but we can start from the sperm. We, okay, we, we, how much new. time do you have? I'm pretty well, old. Start from the sperm. Um, okay, so <laughs> I am from Southern California, but currently bi-coastal. I will get into that later, but I live between California and Pennsylvania. Grew up in a household where my mother didn't really wear makeup, so that naturally made me more curious about it. But she was really big into fashion, so 
she was like one of those natural girls that look really, you know, sharp all the time. So I ended up going through school here, you know, childhood, pretty normal, not rich at all. My dad was a mechanic. My mom was a waitress, went to public schools. I'm a product of the public school system here in L.A. And I ended up going to this little school that was starting in Los Angeles called FIDM, the Fashion Institute of Design and Merchandising, which is now a much bigger school and really amazing place for creatives. But I went there thinking I was going to get into fashion design and totally hated it and then ended up being an art person doing illustration and then kind of just transitioned that media or that talent, that artistry into makeup because it was it was the time, right? I was out of high school. It was like in L.A. for the first time. I was like going to clubs and going out, wanting to look cute and everything. So I would do my makeup, my friend's makeup. So my friend one day just said, you should be a makeup artist. And I was like, I'm not going to be a makeup artist. I'm going to be a fashion illustrator and I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. Long story short, I ended up, as we know, becoming, well, we maybe don't know, I became a makeup artist. And I worked in here in L.A., during the big MTV generation, I, you know, cut my teeth as a makeup artist in music video, doing like a million makeup uh, on videos to the point that my team makes fun of me whenever we hear a 90s song. They're like, did you do that video? And I'm what like, are some of the standout yeah, ones you probably. worked on? Oh my God, there was this so many. This is like many. very nostalgic because I think that's like, that's, that's, we were on I did that California stuff. Love. I worked with Tupac. Oh, I worked amazing. with Dr. Dre. I worked with Biggie. I worked with Sean Combs for 12 years and did all of his artists. I did Brandy, Moesha, did all of her things, did all of Eve's things, worked with Whitney. I was with Whitney the day she died. Ugh. I didn't work with her all the time. You know, Roxana Floyd, rest in peace, her amazing makeup artist and friend of mine who passed away was her regular makeup artist. But in this particular moment, I was working with her. Um, so many people. I had three agents here in L.A., between L.A. and New York. And and really what had happened was I had kind of reached a ceiling at what I could do as a makeup artist. I was in the union. I was department heading films. I created Beauty Blender on the set of Girlfriends, which I was department heading at the time. And it was the first show that was being broadcast, shot and broadcast in high definition. It was like an experiment. And that's where I created Beauty Blender to do the makeups. But I did everything. I had done editorial, fashion week, television, film, commercial. There was like, there was nothing really, there was no other frontier. I had even done like porn. I mean, the only thing I hadn't done was like, like funerals. Is like, there makeup on the vaginas in porn? You know, I probably sucked at that because... Oh my God, I thought you were going to say I probably sucked that. And I was like, <laughs> oh, like, let's take a plot no, twist. I probably sucked at that particular medium because I was so like freaked out at how free and normal, like, how normal these people are they're you know they're but when you look at porn you go like oh my god these people how did they do this and they're just like regular normal people that just have sex on camera uh no i was not going down there so no penis makeup you're not you're not contouring to make the penis look bigger no powdering booties i mean it was all neck up you never know up. now. Maybe things have changed now. I, I mean, I just, I don't know. Things are pretty high def now, so. <laughs> How do you know? <laughs> well, that's, a, that's for another podcast, Lauren. That's for another another time. That's another subject. Yeah, so basically, you know, I had reached a ceiling with my makeup artistry, and I had been doing it for, you know, a good amount of time at that point. And I started, I was also a single mother. I have, uh, at the time, I have two kids now, but at the time I had my daughter, Erica, and she, you know, was going to, I was making good money. Don't get me wrong. I was making six figures, but it just like 
living in LA is expensive. And she was going to private school. And I was like, what am I going to do? And I also knew that, you know, I, I come from very, what is it, modest, you know, beginnings. And I knew at some point I was going to have to take care of my family, probably my parents. And, you know, I'm going to need to make more money. So how am I going to monetize this career of mine? How, what am I going to do to make more money beyond as much, you know, where I'm making now? So fast forward to girlfriends getting this job, being the department head on the show called Girlfriends, which is Tracy Ellis Ross. I don't know if it's kind of like having a resurgence right now on Netflix. It's all over the place. But at the time, it was just a, a cast of pretty much unknown actors. And it was kind of an experiment. It was Kelsey Grammer's first show that he was producing under his company. And Mara Akilbrock was uh, the writer and producer. And so I had worked with her on Moesha. So we, you know, we came together and it was kind of like, you know, this experiment. And that's where Beauty Blender was born. And I had to find ways to make makeup look natural because suddenly when you shoot high def, it's really kind of technical. But when you shoot high def as opposed to film, you see everything. Like you see pores, you see scars, you see little hairs, you see everything. So it, I needed to find a way to do do beautiful makeup on these women, but make them look like they weren't wearing makeup with high definition. Easy to do on film, not so easy with high def. But now it is because there's a beauty blender. Well, you know what's crazy is like, <laughs> and maybe the, maybe some of the men need to hear this, but I was watching this cooking show the other day randomly and it's super high def and there was a male chef and you know, they probably put makeup on these guys to, you know, when they're under the lights, but like they didn't, it was just, it didn't blend anything. They didn't oh, use the beauty blender. mask. Yeah. And so you just look like a thing and I was like, oh, like, <laughs> but you would probably never notice that. But now, I mean, listen, doing this show, I'm learning a lot, but I just, I remember seeing like, oh, it looks like that guy like has... Just like makeup a, on. Yeah. You can like yeah. see all the Unblended makeup, makeup on. Yes. yes. Should have had the beauty blender, right? I would tend to think that's probably more of a skill set from the makeup artist. But you Ooh, never better know. better not mention the you network that did know. that. Yeah, don't mention the network. I'm sorry, makeup <laughs> artist. Let's send them a beauty blender. Let's send them. So I want to know how you had an aha moment. Was it an aha moment or was it like a slow build for you to develop this? Well, I had been looking. I had been actively executing different techniques on camera to see what would work best. You know, I would go and look at the dailies when we would shoot and just, you know, and or if if I didn't and someone said, hey, Rianne, this looked a little weird. Can you look at it? And I would look at it and try to fix it. So I was on the hunt for something. I didn't know I was going to be creating something that, you know, was going to sell around the world, you know, 17 a minute or some crazy thing i my team has calculated, but it was kind of by accident. It was kind of by accident, but there was an aha moment. I mean, when I finally realized this thing works, I had that moment of like, okay, so how do I get this made? Because basically what I had done was I had taken those triangular sponges that everybody at the time, you know, you could buy at the supermarket, you could buy at the drugstore, you could buy at the beauty store. They were just triangular sponges cut like flat triangles. And I shaped it into what is now an egg shape or a little teardrop because I was trying to take the sharp edges off because like your friend or the the person you saw. On I wouldn't call the him cook a friend. But right, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I corrected myself. The person on the. I would never be friends with someone that does makeup like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I would. The line of demarcation that a straight edge leaves is something that you have to pay attention to. You have to be a detailed person. Not all makeup artists are detail oriented, right? They're more, you know, holistically detail-oriented, not like individually like foundation. I started to cut the edges off of those sponges and came up with that shape and then realized I needed to make it bigger. You know, there were there were tweaks. It was like the aha moment was like, 
oh God, this thing works. Because what I was doing, I got the job because I was an airbrusher. So airbrushers, uh, airbrushing makeup was used a lot in special effects makeup artists, the makeup, like horror movies and that kind of stuff, but not really with beauty makeup. But someone somewhere down the line came up with this rule at the time that the best way to apply makeup in high definition was to use an airbrush. So when they set out to find the makeup artist for girlfriends, it had to be somebody that knew how to airbrush. So I knew how to airbrush. And I was starting my morning every day airbrushing the girls. But what I noticed was that, okay, I would airbrush them. We'd leave the trailer. We'd walk to stage. We'd start shooting. And when the director would yell cut and we'd have to go in to do touch-ups, I would have to remove them and bring them to my makeup trailer or my makeup table setup where there was electricity so I could use the airbrusher. And if you've ever worked on a set, I mean, the last thing you want to do is remove your actors from the set. The last thing you want to do on an ensemble female cast is remove one female actor from the set because then suddenly the rest of the girls all want to leave too. They're like, oh, she's going? Oh, I'm going to the bathroom. I'm going to my trailer. I'm going to craft service. I'm going. So then suddenly, I'm going to go make a phone call. Suddenly, I became like persona non grata. Like, don't come in here. Don't even, like, you can't take them off set. And I'm like, okay. So that was, that was the impetus really for me to find a tool or a way to keep this airbrush look without using an airbrush. So that was that was how Beauty Blender was made. It was cutting the edges off the sponge. You know, you're supposed to, for everybody listening who has never used a Beauty Blender, if you ever use a Beauty Blender, and I'm not, I, I can't talk about the other sponges that try to be a Beauty Blender, but my sponge Beauty Blender, you must use wet. And that seems really counterintuitive for when you put makeup on, you think like, oh, it's going to, you know, dilute your makeup or it's going to change the formulation. It does not. What it does is it, it makes the sponge not thirsty anymore. So when you're bouncing it on your skin, it's actually pushing the makeup out onto your face. If, if the sponge is thirsty, it's like, oh, yeah, suck it in, suck it in. But if it's wet and not thirsty, it's like, oh, I don't need it. Pushes I, it I, out. I love products that have store, like stories of ingenuity behind them. And, and I love products that are developed because somebody's solving a problem. That like I think people that just try to create something like, oh, I'm going to do this. And everyone's going like, they, and they haven't actually lived the experience. Like when, as you're telling the story, I'm like, oh, this completely makes sense why you would figure this out. She you, was a practitioner. You did every single thing and saw I every, did every step. <laughs> yeah, and you saw every issue, not just like on application, but even like beyond that, like how people were interacting in the atmosphere. Like I always find this stuff so interesting because I don't think this could be developed without this type of experience. Let me tell you a little secret. We just got done traveling internationally. Woo, with a toddler. With a toddler. Whoa. And everybody said we couldn't do it. We did it. Um, and there's only one thing really that saved us. Well, two things. The first one's Baby Shark. Every parent knows about that. The second one is That's It Crunchables. Without the That's It Crunchables, we would have been absolutely screwed. Literally the entire travel situation, she was crunching on Apple Crunchables while she listened to Baby Shark. It'd be like Baby Shark, doot, doot, crunch, 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 crunch. Like the whole entire ride. She had these in her hand. I think that I realized my daughter, and I don't know if everyone else's toddlers like this, is obsessed with like little things. So she loves these because they're tiny and she can just keep eating them. And what I like about them as a parent is they're one ingredient. So it's just apple. So I know I'm not giving her crap. 
Okay. That's why I really like That's It to begin with. I discovered them a while back. I feel like 10 years ago, maybe at Coffee Bean. They have all different kinds of products. They have the mango probiotic fruit bar, which is so, so good. Tons of different kinds of probiotic fruit bar. And they also have this bar that Michael loves, which is the Keto Kick. Okay. This is actually insane because it's a bar that's made with six whole ingredients and in it is 95 milligrams of caffeine from fair trade. Okay. They have these fair trade single origin coffee beans. So what you can do is you can have like a half of a bar, you know, you're getting good ingredients and you can get a little zing. We're both a fan of the chocolate. So what you do, okay, if you're traveling or you're going on a long car ride, or even if you're just going out for the day, put the keto kick bars chocolate specifically in your purse and do not forget the apple crunchables you should also know that that's it is giving all skinny confidential him and her listeners 25 percent off your entire order plus free shipping on that's it fruit.com that's t-h-a-t-s-i-t-f-r-u-i-t.com prepare for all your back to school back to the office traveling snacking needs at that's it fruit.com use code skinny 25 for 25 percent off I'm telling you, you are going to be in love. Well, yeah. And as a matter of fact, when I went to try to get it made, because at the end of the season, when I went into hiatus, I had realized that, you know, me and my team, we had been hand cutting these sponges because it worked. So that's what we did the rest of the season. So we would have to sit and hand cut those sponges. But if you know anything about being on set, you you sit on set and you have a lot of downtime. So I would just give them these sponges and we would cut them. And that that would be what we use for the next day. But you know, I, I, I can't, that's not a productive or efficient way to, to work, right? So I was like, okay, and during my hiatus, I'm gonna try to figure out how to make these. And so, you know, <laughs> I was so stupid. I was like thinking, oh, we can bake them in my oven. Or <laughs> we can, like, it, I was so, like, clueless. And it brings me back to what you're you had talking. never done product before that. You were just. I'm a makeup artist. Okay. I went to public school in FIDM, which is a great place, but I, I was not an engineer, <laughs> you know? So I was a creative. One of the things that I did during my hiatus, like I said, I was a very busy makeup artist. I used to travel the world with musical artists we, or actors doing press all over the world. Everywhere I would go, I would buy a bag of sponges and I would look at who was manufacturing and who was distributing. And there was like a theme happening. There was this one company that kept popping up. So during this hiatus, I called that company, just cold called. I mean, 411 got the number. There was no Google back then, guys. This was a while ago. So I called 411, got the phone number and called them and spoke to this lady who was in product development at that or sales, I think, at that company. And you know, I told her, you know, I was like, I'm a makeup artist. I live in Hollywood and I do celebrities and I have an idea for a sponge. And she was like, oh, honey, you know, we have like 300 patents we hold. And I'm sure there's something we have that is exactly like what you're wanting to show me. But, you know, thanks, but no thanks kind of phone call. And I was just like, well, who designs all of these 300 patents you have? And she just kind of like was kind of speechless. She was like, well, engineers. I was like, so you're not even curious being a cosmetic foam company that sells to Estee Lauder and all these. You're not curious about my design. I'm like in the trenches every day. I mean, what I if you have 300 patents, I think what's the harm in looking at mine? 
And she was like, well, I guess if you put it that way, I'll take a look at it. And I was like, okay, so sign my NDA. And then she was like, oh, an NDA. I was like, yes, you have to sign an NDA. And luckily she did. And by the way, this woman, her name is Catherine Bailey, and she ended up working with me to this day. I still work with her. And she ended up coming to my company. She left that company and came to my company. And long story, but that was pretty much the response to your point. Like, you know, I did the work. I went through every single part of the process. And then when I got to this company that makes these products, they were like, oh, I don't know if we can, I don't know. There's nothing new under the sun. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I think that's like the secret sauce and everything is you have to have somebody that's actually a practitioner that actually understands it, not just from like the product angle, but from the user angle, the experience, the atmosphere, all of these things. If you don't have that, you're missing such a serious component, right? Or components. Yeah. I mean, that's why people are experts, right? Yeah. So when you go to show them your design, were they immediately floored? It was crazy because it took about, I don't know, a couple of weeks for her to get back to me. You know, she had to go through this process at her company who really didn't want her to talk to me as I got the backstory afterwards, because, of course, we had many years to talk about what had happened. They were kind of like, why are you wasting your time on this? And she was like, you guys have set me out on a course of innovation. I'm bringing you innovation and why are you stopping me? And so she forced them, which they took a long time to sign my NDA. By the time I got the email back to her and I was able to send the product out and then she was able to, you know, reach back out to me after seeing it. She literally said, I said this, I will never forget. She was like the pan, she said it was like the palm slapped to your forehead. You know, like, why didn't we think of it? And I was like, remember when I told you it's because I'm a makeup artist and they're not. And it's probably a lot of male engineers that are designing this that have no idea about makeup. In Pennsylvania. <laughs> okay. So did you decide to end up partnering with them or was it complete? You just went off and did it on your own. So what ended up happening was she ended up leaving the company. She started helping me. They told her, you can work on this if you want to, but it has to be on your free time. It's not on our time. So in other words, your nine to five or whatever your day looks like, that the work that we need you to do, you can only do our work. You can't work with her. That's on your free time. She never told me this. But I was so grateful for that because when they parted ways, I was not tied to that company. Thank God, because then I ended up taking everybody. Well, and also they probably did wrapped you up in all sorts of, you know, <laughs> legal handcuffs where like, who knows if that IP would have yeah. even ended up being yours after everything they, they would have probably tried to do. They were all great people, though. The people that worked there were really great. And I, I don't know if you heard, but they pretty much a lot of them came to work for me at one point. It was just the bosses. Like they were going through a transition in their own business, to be fair. A lot of this type of business was being outsourced to Asia. And so they were trying to stay relevant and fiscally competitive. So they were outsourcing too. Sure. So they were reducing the size of their footprint here in America. And that's when this woman, Catherine, was able to to leave the company and come work for me. So what did the first beauty blender look like? Like who, what year was it? Is it was your like demo millennials? Like, well, like I want to know who's getting the beauty blender in the mail. What's the packaging like? Yeah. So, well, the very first beauty blender, you can go on to this. It, it's in the Smithsonian Museum in Washington, D.C. I'm in the Smithsonian. It's crazy. Oh, my I know, God. I know. It's crazy. So I have an exhibit where I'm sitting next to Madam C.J. Walker and all these. There's eight women. It's called and the exhibit is out right now. It, it's unfortunate <laughs> that the exhibit has been out during COVID because the 
museum's been closed, but I heard they're extending the exhibit because of that. But it's an exhibit called The Only One in the Room, and it features eight women over the course of 100 years that have invented something that changed their industry. Wow, that is cool. cool. Isn't that crazy? Oh my God, that's so crazy. So yeah, I mean, it's just a little egg-shaped sponge that we cut out of this really porous sponge material that really rubbery, like we were just, we were just trying to get the shape. We weren't, it wasn't like the material that we use today. And, And the reason why Beauty Blender is the category creator for these kinds of tools now is because it was the first one to do what it does ever existing in that category, but also the material is so different and, and special. That's why people go and buy cheaper versions, like less expensive versions. That's always what drives this, this kind of like loyalty issue. And it's the dollar, but there is a reason why we're more expensive. We have a more luxurious, high performing material that people they think it's just a sponge it doesn't matter it's like you know it's just a sponge but we have this really amazing material that we use and um oh, trust me i feel you have these all over the place i find these <laughs> i find these all over the place so i am so inspired by you because i just launched product recently okay. and i i hope that i'm following in your footsteps with updating a category i updated the ice roller category it was so cheap and just not how I wanted it. And so I changed everything about it. So when I hear your story, I am just so inspired that you updated the category. Why can't anyone get this exact dupe? Like, why can't you dupe it? Do you own the material? Is it a patent? It's kind of like the Coca-Cola secret. You know, it's like I have a great relationship with my manufacturer and we have an agreement that he only sells this material to me. And it's beneficial for him because we sell the most of anybody in the world. So there's, you know, we're like I was saying, we're at the top of the category, but we're also the, the one that sells the most volume. And you guys just launched an eco-friendly one. We did. Which is green. I thought that yes, was genius. Thank you. And I noticed also you you also launched foundations. You launched a little beauty blender holder. How did that start blender to happen? Defender. Blender yeah, Defender. Yeah, well, you know, I was still doing a lot of actors for red carpets back when we had red, red carpets. And I would do their makeup and I would leave them with a beauty blender and I would wrap it in like a tissue. And, you know, most actors, especially the newer younger ones, a lot of times they borrow clothes and they would borrow clutches from really high-end, you know, designers. And they couldn't stain the inside of those bags that are made of silk or whatever, right? So I would always really carefully wrap my used beauty blender. I would load the beauty blender with makeup so they could touch themselves up. And I thought, this is so stupid. I need to just create a case for it. And that's why it's mushy and you can adjust the size of the blender defender to fit you know, you could fit Power Pocket Puff, which is my innovative powder puff that I also created where you put your finger in the pocket. Or if you're a makeup artist, you can use it as your pinky rest. It's washable and it has like a jelly center. So it's super luxurious. You can put all of these things inside of there and just go. By far, my favorite meal delivery service is Sakara. They came on the podcast years ago. I've been obsessed with them since they had this watermelon jerky. And now still in 2020, I think that they are the most thoughtful brand on the market for delivery. They're this wellness company that's rooted in the transformative power of plant-based food. So all their stuff is plant-based. It's organic, ready-to-eat meals. Come straight to your door with powerful plant-rich ingredients. 
All of their products are designed to boost your energy. You're going to get a little kick in your step, improve your digestion, which is obviously very important, and get your skin glowing. Each week they have this menu and you can look at it. It's very, very creative, but it's very healthy and very fresh. I find sometimes when I get meal delivery services, they're never fresh. But with Saqqara, it's always fresh, okay? They have rave reviews. Vogue's obsessed. Goop's obsessed. New York Times is obsessed. And I am obsessed. I would also tell you if you're shopping on their site to definitely get their chlorophyll drops. I use them in my water in the morning. I do a lemon water with chlorophyll in it. It's delicious. Kylie Jenner inspired me. So good. And then they also have these beauty drops that are very, very major. Anyway, their site has tons of wellnessy things, all the things you want. Right now, Sakara is offering all Skinny Confidential, him and her listeners, 20% off your first order when you go to sakara.com slash skinny or enter code skinny at checkout. That's Sakara spelled S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash skinny. You're going to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash skinny. I'm telling you the chlorophyll drops, the beauty drops, and their food. It's all major. Enjoy. You've obviously created a, ma- a massive company. When did you know that you were really on to something? Did you know right away or did it take a little bit? Was there like a moment that you can look back on and pinpoint that you had an epiphany? Well, thank you so much for that huge compliment, but we're not really a massive company. I still own my business. How, how do I say it? Okay. I mean, massive, like um, an distributed, empire. An empire. Like a massively distributed yes, product. That's the word I'm looking okay. for. Okay. So how did I do that? You know, again, I'm not, you know, a Wharton School of Business graduate. I am a, you know, FIDM creative, like I'm left brained, like totally. So business has been something that I've had to learn. And fortunately, by bringing on Kathy, the woman that I was telling you about, the first person that I spoke to about Beauty Blender, she had a business background. She was the one that could at least to a certain point of growth, she was able to help me grow the business and help me figure out how we plan to distribute, how we manufacture, how do we, you know, logistically, operationally support sales if we go out and try to get more sales. Because, you know, the the first thing a person wants to do is go get sales, right? You want to go out and find stores that are going to buy your product. But then those stores require planning and consistency and, you know, a guarantee that you're going to be able to ship to them. So there's all the planning involved with with logistics and and, um, manufacturing. And she was helping me with that. What's a day in the life look like when you started, when you were struggling with everything you were doing to now? It is different, but not that different. So at the time, I was still a working makeup artist eight years in. I mean, I was still taking shows. Eight years into running this business. Wow. Wow. And it was because I didn't take a paycheck because I don't have investors. I didn't bring anybody in. I didn't have a strategic partner. I, you know, you know, you dream big, right? But I guess I was just dreaming sufficiently at the time. I mean, for what, you know, what I needed to do at the moment. I, I wanted to become a bigger company, but I didn't want to give up a piece of my business to do that. So I don't know. I'm kind of old fashioned in this way. Like I wanted to be able to have a business for my kids. I wanted to be able to have something, a legacy or something left for them. And I just, you know, I'd started to hear a lot about companies that were taking on 
financial partners and, you know, a lot of them work, worked out and still work out, but some of them don't. Those founders end up losing their businesses and they never planned on that. And so that was kind of like scary for me. So I just kept working and I just kept, you know, and I, by the way, I love doing makeup. I'm a makeup artist at heart first and foremost. And so I remember I would show up on, on set and this one particular makeup artist, his name is Sam Fine. He's a friend of mine. I would show up, he'd be there with like Queen Latifah and I'd be there with like Regina Hall or something. And he'd be like, why are you here? Go home. Why are you here? Go home. You don't need to be here. And I'm like, but I love it here. Why are you kicking me out? Like, I love doing makeup. That's amazing. You know? Well, I think there's a couple like really good takeaways there, especially for like the younger listeners or people that are starting out. One, that you can kind of have your other thing and start this side thing that obviously becomes a main thing. And two, and I, I don't think a lot, enough people talk about this, you read so many headlines about companies that are either venture-backed or, or take on funding. This one actually took on funding because of the category we're in, right? But I, I think that there's a real, this was the only one I've ever done that with. I think there's a real argument to be made about bootstrapping in, if you can be in a category that you don't need to bring on like funds to hyper-accelerate past the competition. Like Absolutely. You have time and you can... It's totally a personal decision, you know, too. It depends on how much bootstrapping you're willing to do. You know, how hard are you willing to work? I mean, because sometimes it can be perceived bringing on a partner, you know, makes things a little easier, but not really, because then now you have a partner that you always, you know, if you're used to running your business on your own, you have yeah, it's a whole new, it's, it's a, whole, a challenge. whole other challenge. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's like a marriage, mm -hmm. you know, you have to find the right partner and, you know, God knows I've met so many really amazing companies that are interested in Beauty Blender. And one day I hope, you know, I'll probably do that. It's not that I'll never do it. I just, you know, it's kind of a weird time right now, but. No, but I think yeah. it's good you say it because I, I think people nowadays, they think you, in order for a business to be successful, you have to bring on funding. And I, and I think there's an argument to be made that for certain categories or certain industries, depending on the timing, that there is that argument to be made. And it's probably true. But there's a lot of other things. I mean, the, your business is a perfect example where maybe you don't need to do that and you can still be successful and you don't have to answer to anyone. You don't have to bring on all this capital because people think like the capital is like they say, congratulations. But whenever people say that, and this isn't like, it's just another obligation now that the business has to meet. It's not like a win. Like it just means like, no, however much funding you, you're now you're on the hook it's for that It's another money. layer. Yes. It's another layer of responsibility, yes. you know? Yep. And listen, I had dogs, I had a makeup career, I had kids, I had a partner, I had parents that I was, you know, taking care of. Like I didn't want another relationship. <laughs> I don't blame you. No, I think getting away from celebrating fundraising is an important thing. I think if it's necessary, it's necessary, but it's not something to do just to do. And it's definitely not something to like go and congratulate everyone about. It's just, you know, it's taking on another obligation. Mm -hmm. What are some pain points that you've experienced along the way? Some of the pain points. Well, you know, it's it's interesting when we went from being strictly a tool business to being a tool business and a color business, which means makeup, there was a different mentality and a different thought process and a different forecasting for the business in color, which it was, you know, I remember I have this one friend, a dear friend of mine who is the founder of Too Faced. His name is Jared Blondino. And we were out to dinner one night. <laughs> one night and I told him I'm going into color. He was like, don't do it. Don't do it. Just stay where you're at. And I should, you know, sometimes on those moments, I think, why didn't I listen to Jared? Because there are pain points. There's pain points in any growth in a business. And 
you know, coming from being a strictly a tool business and then entering the color category, which is completely just competition all the way, and then entering that category in the foundation complexion category is the most difficult category to break into because women that buy foundation are pretty loyal to it. Like they find something that works and they want to continue to use it. So to, to try to get consumers to try your product is pretty challenging. And, you know, I, the way I looked at it was by this, this time we had global distribution of beauty blender. And I thought to myself, if I could just get everybody that loves beauty blender to try my makeup one time, it's a win. If just once, they just have to buy it one time. And the pain point was that with that thought process is that that's 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 a concept that's not a plan, right? There was the pain point of trying how do you market and how do you plan and forecast and distribute a product internationally and domestically to make that happen. And boy, you know, that's when I realized I needed some change in my business. Like there was a different mentality that I needed to bring in because we were kind of using the same way of thinking with the tools as we were with color. So that, that was, that was a pain point for me. I've since then, you know, I've restructured and I've, I have an amazing team. I, I mean, they, my, my other team was amazing too. It's just, we grew and now we have, you know, we have a different kind of business now, but that was a big, you know, entering the complexion category was a, a big pain point. Growing your business, generally speaking, is, you know, can be painful. You know, there's more considerations that you never thought about that you have to think about, like scaling and, you know, staffing and people that you're trying to hire that have the right kind of backgrounds. And maybe sometimes having to say goodbye to certain people. I mean, that is like, for me, the hardest thing. My business, I'm so, so, so fortunate that I've had a very high retention rate in my business. I mean, up until recently, because when we reached the new category, you know, there were certain changes that I had to, to make. And that was really painful. I'm sure that's really, really hard. Yeah, because I, I ran my business and I still do to this day like a family. I mean, my yeah, family, is in it. my fun. daughter is involved in my business. My husband runs, you know, the I have a production company. We have a studio in Woodland Hills and he runs all production there. We're constantly cranking out you know, content and, and everybody in my business, I consider to be like family because we are still a small business. So when you said, oh, I have this, I don't know what you called it. This Maybe big it's business. perceived to me. It's like, it's such a, to me, it's such a huge empire that you've created. I think an that's empire. A, oh my yeah. God. Well, I think also too, I it's hard when you have a company where everybody kind of knows everybody and everything that's going on to then you grow and it's like maybe they don't know as much and they don't know as many people and they may feel disconnected or less connected than they felt in the beginning. And that's always challenging. It is. What is the best form of marketing that you've ever had for the beauty blender? Like, was there ever someone that, that put it on Instagram or that used it or maybe it was like in it was in a commercial? What's the best thing where you were like, wow, this this person or this commercial really translated and worked? Well, I would say, hands down, word of mouth, I mean, has been the best. I would say, secondly, my makeup artist peers, because they are the qualifiers of your product, right? It's one thing to have a product that, okay, Sephora is going to, you know, bring you in and you're going to start selling your product at Sephora. That's all fine and good. But when a consumer doesn't know 
if your product is trendy, if it actually works, you know, what it does. If they see, you know, someone behind the scenes at a TV show on a clip on ET using a beauty blender, or you, you know, turn on the housewives and you see someone, you know, using a beauty blender or Friday night lights, or, I mean, I can tell you there's been so many unplanned product placements, I will say that have happened. That, that is also very beneficial, but I will say really honestly, hands down, Kim Kardashian, like five years ago, like when she was, you know, she's huge now. Don't get me wrong, but she's in the beauty space now. So, you know, she's and by the way, she still uses a beauty blender. I love her so much. But when, you know, when she was just, you know, the queen of the selfie and all of the things going on in her life, you know, if she opened her mouth or used anything, everything she was like Oprah, right? Everything would just sell. It was like Kim and her makeup artist Mario always using beauty blender that really there's like really? a photo of them. I, I don't know if you've there's seen, so many of her, <laughs> with uh, with all her contour on. And I think someone's holding a beauty blender. To her yeah. Face. And then she just blends it all in. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's yeah, so good. Yeah. What are some of your beauty secrets on how to use the beauty blender? Because I think it's way more for just makeup. I think there's it's multi-use. You know, it is. But honestly, I think the reason why Beauty Blender is so popular and why it resonates so broadly with so many people is there's not, it's very simple. There's not a lot of secrets. It is a sponge made out of this very special material that you use damp. And as long as you can bounce it on your face, you will get a flawless makeup application as if you were a professional. Jayla once said, I'm sure you heard this too, and I take inspo from this, that she's not a big fan of washing her Beauty Blender. And I'm going to admit, I don't really remember the last time I washed mine. I heard uh, she, her say that it makes the beauty blender like work better. Have you heard this? Yeah. You're disgusted because you're a makeup artist. Yeah. I, I mean, don't think I've washed no, mine since like 2001. I just think that sometimes, you know, listen, part of my study when I made Beauty Blender was every time there was a new actor in my trailer, you know, this is like this dance as a makeup artist that you go through when you have an actor in your chair that you've never worked with before. Like, you know, you don't know them. They don't know you. You know, your job is to make them feel comfortable and make them feel like they look appropriate for whatever they're doing, right? Like what I used to do to kind of break the ice would be like, okay, so I'm your makeup artist. Show me your makeup bag. I want to see what you use. Like, what is it? What is your thing? You know, and hands down, I don't care who it was. And sometimes the bigger the celebrity, the grosser the bag. I'm just going to say, because they're so used to having people do everything for them. And this is like your personal thing. They don't do shit. They just let it go. And it's just like an organism in itself in the bag. <laughs> uh, but, you know, you would open up the bag and you would just see all these really you know, dirty tools, like the worst thing that ever happens is like a pencil sharpener that opens in your bag and then all the wood chips and all of the crayon and oh. everything is all over the place. Or, you know, if your powder opens up with that, it's like, I'm telling you, it's like dough. It's like this weird shit in the bottom of your bag. And then it gets all over everything. And the grossest thing that I would see would be someone that would have a compact, whether it's like a matte compact or whatever, and you would get a sponge just as an obligatory like consideration for you to use this thing to put your makeup on with. But no one ever knew what to do with it, like how to use it, how to clean it ever. Do you replace it? So it became this like shiny, slick, which, you know, sponges are not shiny and slick. <laughs> Crazy looking thing that people would just smear all over their face. Oh. And it was always amazing to me. So it does not surprise me that JLo did that. And 
And, you know, I love her and she's amazing and she loves Beauty Blender too. But, you know, let's face it, JLo doesn't have to clean a Beauty Blender. Yeah. Well, if Taylor, our producer, had a makeup bag, I can guarantee you it would be grosser. There would be <laughs> there would be mold. There would be pubes. There would be all kinds of stuff going yeah, on in his makeup bag. It's amazing. Bag, it it's amazing because girls will hide things in their makeup bag because they know people aren't going to look in there. Like, that's not the place you want to go look for stuff because it's makeup. I don't want to be sexist here, but I've caught you making some pretty big mess. I And I have sisters and I'm like, hey, listen, I I would make a bold argument that sometimes women can be much dirtier than men. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred. But, but we do everything hundred percent. We're either really clean or, or we're like, just filthy. That's my favorite thing about my wife. She'll tell me how clean she is. But I'm like, you're the one that made the huge mess. She's like, look how well I cleaned this. I'm like, I didn't have any part of that mess. You cleaned <laughs> up your own giant mess. I like to make a pigsty and then get it so psycho clean. It's so satisfying, isn't it? Yeah. Tell me how clean you are and how dirty I am, even though I had nothing to do with either. Oh, my God. <laughs> Cleaning a beauty blender is pretty satisfying. Like watching all of the pigments and everything come out of it like we have these videos that people just like love to watch i ha bought a little doll i'm sure you've seen this uh washing machine oh. have you seen this it's a doll it's for a doll what the, do <laughs> the doll washes her clothes in the washing machine and i put she, water she in it beauty blender and I put my beauty blender in it. I'll show you guys after. It children? doesn't really clean it very good. Uh, in I my have head. one too. I have one too. It's for children? Or you guys for... should make a product though that you can just drop it in and it does that and make it like really cute and pink so we can put it on our vanity. We have one. We just haven't sold it yet. I'm I'm just like, I'm trying to figure out if people really care. People care. They do you know. You think they care? A hundred percent. I have this, this tool I made. Please release it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's cute. It's fun. It's, it's just kitschy. Continue, just like, continue to expand the empire. What's going on? Yeah. 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 Keep, yeah. Keep oh, I do. I mean, oh my God, that's what, that's all I do all day long <laughs> is dream about extension. Is that what your day to day is creative? Oh, so we were talking about the day. -to -day I want to know your right? day to day. Yeah, so where my day to day was before I would wake up really early and have to be on set, you know, in the meantime, like, you know, it, being a, a mom and at the time a single mom, like, you know, it was like a circus act. You got plates and balls and one foot in the air and all things going on. But be getting up really early to be on set because makeup is the first people on set. And, you know, trying to figure out how do I get my kid to school if I'm not there? How do I feed her? How do I pick her up? How do I get her to sports? Like all these crazy things going on. That was like time stacking and trying to uh, project manage my life every day while I was held I call myself like a veal when you're a makeup artist you're like a veal you're just in a trailer in a car on a set in a hotel room in a studio in a dressing room like you're always you know in a in a place how do I manage my outside world while I'm focusing on my job and pretty much that's my day-to-day -day now too it's just different content like, what do you mean? Give us specific. So now, because I'm bi-coastal, depending on where I'm at. So right now I'm in California with you. I leave Sunday to go to the East Coast. But every day while I'm in California, my day starts latest six o'clock in the morning because my office is running three hours ahead. So it's as if I'm on set. <laughs> I'm still waking up early and I'm still time stacking. I'm doing everything that my team needs from me, from a creative, from approving art files to approving product development, to approving copy, to approving legal documents, you know, talking about, you know, strategy. I have 
executive team meetings once a week. I have product development meetings once a week. I have marketing and social twice a week. You know, I'm constantly doing all of these things and at the same time trying to take care of myself so I stay alive so I can continue to do this because work will kill you. It's clear. I'm clear about that. With I got a thyroid condition during my development of Beauty Blender while being a makeup artist because I was doing so many things at one time. My doctor said, you have Graves' disease. We don't know what causes it. Probably stress. I was like, oh, okay. So what happened? Did everything stop? No. No. Did Well, if you have to go to the hospital, what happened? Well, You're still working from the hospital? <laughs> You were kind of. I, I worked. But, but I worked I too I, from I, the hospital yeah, when I had a baby. I yeah, get yeah. it. I, I, you know, I didn't really have to go to for the thyroid thing. I didn't have to go to the hospital. I just had to swallow a pill of radioactive iodine that would close up, you know, kill your thyroid. And then it was it was wonderful, you guys. I had to be sequestered and secluded in a room for ten days. What that was the most rest ever? I caught up on everything. I still worked. But I was able to binge watch all kinds of shows. It was actually really wonderful. While my thyroid was dissolving away, I was like... Did it hurt? No. Didn't feel anything. Ten days in a room alone. Yeah. Could you even go outside? As long as there was nobody around. And the interesting thing was like... Where does one go to do this? (laughs) In your room. You close the door. No, that's not enough. She'll get to me. My kid will get... Where do I go to be away for ten days where no one can get to me? Besides, I'll find you. Potentially, <laughs> potentially prison. Play Sugar Storm by Gone Girl, Taylor. Oh, I 100% will find you. That sounds nice, though. 10 days to just yeah. to veg out, relax. But I was working, too, because I could be on the phone. You know, I was working. I was, but, you know, it was just. Lauren, I could set up a bunker. I could go alone and just set this mic up with a screen and, like, just be. I could use a break from you. Listen, go watch the movie Nomad. There's plenty of places where no one will find you. That, the one that just won. Yeah. I've heard that's great. He's going to watch it 100%. <laughs> no, I have it on my watch list. He's reading The Stranger can... in the Woods. Have you heard about this? Well, I don't want to go on a tangent. There's this guy. <laughs> it's a true story. He went off into the woods of Maine for, like, almost 20 something years and never came back. And everyone thought he was like, nobody knew. And he lived in the woods alone outside of society for 20 something years. He lived on the land. Yeah. Just... It's called the stranger in the woods. It's, cr- it's a crazy story, but it's a true story. Oh, oh. I'm going to watch it. Yeah. If it's we divorce, you can oh, go be the stranger. The guy in the woods. eventually ended up getting caught. I have caught, to read. And he I don't went have to time prison. to read. But you have to, you, I need an audiobook. Th- it's just a wild story. He literally, it's, they say in human history, he might be the only person who's actually voluntarily chosen to disconnect from society for that long of a period of time without any, because they even say even monks like would have help and people would bring them food. He had no help, no food, no resources, no, like he was just off the grid. That's wild. Yeah. Mm, that's giving me inspo for you. Oh, if I read you the whole book. Just, if you keep acting up, I might just okay. be, I know exactly how I did it. <laughs> what is a beauty product that's not by Beauty Blender that you're obsessed with? Because I know you, whenever you leave the house, you're going to bring your Beauty Blender. Every girl does. But what else are you bringing with the Beauty Blender? That I'm obsessed with. Skin, brows, hair, Okay, so nails. skincare for me, I love skincare. So right now... I'm obsessed with this brand called Retrove. Are you familiar? I got to try it. So my cute little girlfriend, her name is uh, Maya Henry. She's like the brand ambassador for this brand. And I believe that the founder of this brand is family to Kiehl's. So they went off and they, you know, made their own separate brand. And it's a super high end 
skincare line that I really love. And I just started using it like a week or so ago, and I'm totally obsessed with that. But prior to that, I was obsessed with Korean skincare. And it's been way before it was a trend. I, I'm kind of a creature of habit in some ways. If something works, I, you know, you, you have to convince me that I need to try something better. And when I was in Asia, I discovered this brand that wasn't here yet. It's called Sul Wasu. And it's here now, but I was obsessed with that skincare brand. I wouldn't go anywhere with it. I loved everything from the texture, the smell, the feel, just the whole tradition of the whole brand is so beautiful. I'm going to check both those brands out. So nice. I'm going to tell you which products that I love from Retrovade too. Do you like moist skin? I like moist dewy, skin. Dewy, moist skin. The word oh moist God. is so sick and porny, but I do like <sighs> dewy, moist skin. <laughs> and I just used their body oil for the first time last night. I'm obsessed. If you could leave our audience with a book, a podcast, or resource that has brought you a lot of value in business, it could be any any kind of content, audio, anything, what would it be? Well, you know, that's such a interesting question for me because I told you about my daughter, Erica. She's beautiful. She's all over my Instagram. She's really like my brand ambassador, and she really has been the face of my brand for so many years. But she's my wild child. You know, she's she's amazing. She's creative and she's smart. And she created this podcast, you know, out of adversity or just out of, you know, shit happens in life, right? Like I didn't plan on being a single parent and I was a single parent. She didn't plan on being a single parent and she ended up being a single parent. And her and her girlfriend created this podcast called Good Moms, Bad Choices. And it's all about trying to break down these kind of stereotypes about motherhood and, you know, being able to kind of really have it all. Like, why can't you have it all? And so for me, that's not really one that has been like something that has benefited me business-wise, but as a human being, as a mother and as a, a businesswoman, seeing my daughter create this thing from nothing. She's an entrepreneur, just like yes, her mom. Yes, and she just got a book deal and she's shopping wow. TV shows for it. I mean, it's amazing. Her and her partner have really, like, I, I got to tell you, like, I was like a little on the fence with this in the beginning because they talk about some controversial shit that you don't know, like you want your daughter to talk about. Like, you're like, what are you doing? Oh, you could talk to my dad. You should take my dad for happy hour. Oh my God. <laughs> what are you talking about? Don't you know this is going to affect the rest of your life? And she would just look at me and go like, mom, you're so old. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm really cool. Like, I'm not old. I just worry about you. And she's like, eh, good right, moms, bad choices. I'm yeah. going to listen. You are a delight. Come back anytime. Where can to. everyone find you and support Beauty Blender? And maybe we can do a giveaway if you want after that. I would love that. Yeah, yeah. So beautyblender.com is love where it. you find me, you know, and and you your Instagram. My Instagram is beautyblender. Perfect. And mine is Rianne Silva. Love it. And giveaway. Giveaway. What, what should we give away? I don't know. We, we can, can give away, away anything. You pick okay, we give away how about we give away Rianne's favorites? You okay. pick your favorites of whatever that is. Oh my God. Yes. Okay. I will do that. Okay. So all you guys have to do to win is follow at beauty blender on Instagram and tell us your favorite part of this episode on my latest Instagram at Lauren Bostick. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. You Thanks guys are on. so fun. Huge fan. I'm going to actually give Michael a beauty blender to apply a skincare with because he's a big skincare guru. Oh, it's Listen, so good for skincare. <laughs> we have a white one called pure that is designed for that. There's no dyes in it and it's 
perfect for skincare. Oh, look at I you. Need to do something. Look, yeah. yeah, you do need to do something. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. That story was so inspiring. It's so amazing that she was a broke single mom and she completely built her beauty blender empire with an egg shaped pink sponge. With that, we're doing a giveaway with Beauty Blender. All you have to do is tell us your favorite part of this episode on my latest Instagram at Lauren Bostick and someone from the team will slide into your inbox and you will win some goodies from Beauty Blender. I'm telling you, if you have not tried a Beauty Blender, you're missing out. You got to try it out. It is literally the tool for applying makeup. Make sure you've rated and reviewed the podcast on iTunes. It takes two seconds and tell a friend, spread the word. 